I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. Nelson Mandela. You are listening to the Legacy Atlas podcast with Dr. Tamika Lett. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Legacy Atlas podcast with Dr. Tamika Lett. We have made it to season three, and I know it's been long awaited. It's been a few months, but 2020, so what can we say? Um, Before I jump in, I just want to do a quick recap of season two. In season two, we talked about all things overcoming. So anything that held us back from working and building a lasting legacy, uh, ranging from self-doubt to lack of support. So we really covered the topics and things that we all can do continuously daily to get through over those hurdles and create that lasting legacy. In season three, we're going to focus on just one of those barriers. And so season three is all about breaking the legacy of fear. And if fear has been something that's been prevalent throughout 2020, I don't know what is. But what I do know is that's something that we can definitely overcome. So you are in for a great treat for our first episode. We actually have our first guest of the season, um, Sade O'Rourke, business owner, author, therapist, mom, wife, my soror, and my friend. Um, she She's all that, that renaissance woman. Um, and she's just really going to hone in on surviving versus thriving, which I think is a great thing and theme for 2020. So um, let's jump right in. Sade, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I am so, I feel so privileged that you considered me for your beautiful like space. I, I'm, I'm thankful for that. Oh, I thank you for considering us to come up here. So I really appreciate it. I know that you are extremely busy. So taking this time means a lot to me. So thank you. So right in, what motivated you to do the work that you do in your community? Um, Initially, it was the only thing I thought I was good at in order to make, to make a living, to be perfectly yeah. honest. I, I just, you know, going to going to college, I was so intimidated mm-hmm. by all of the things I didn't feel like I was good at. And I didn't have, even though I went to a school that was supposed to be, you know, college prep and all of these things, you know, you right. have kids that had a 1600 on a, on a SAT going to Harvard. Mm-hmm. Or, and, and that was not right. who I was. And so you know, kids like me got lost in the sauce and we were just kind of not directed at all. And um, so I had to find my own way, essentially, considering that my parents hadn't finished college and I didn't know what I was going to do. But I wanted to do something that I could feel like I was good at. I didn't want to feel like something. I had to do something that I had to try so hard at. And I was feeling, you know, I, I felt like a failure. So I chose... Um, psychology, it was like literally the only thing that made sense to me. So right. getting in that space, I think my my skill and my natural talent was nurtured and watered. And so in that space, I was able to recognize how valuable that was, um, mm-hmm. how much that made sense for who I was. So that transitioned right. into 
serving the community um, by me just kind of opening my eyes. I will say that like growing up in LA and being such a melting pot um, and then transitioning to the down south from Alabama to be exact. Um, right. It was a very, two very different. I was a very big cultural change. Yes. <laughs> and I didn't know who I was as a black person. I was clueless. Mm-hmm. And so that really, that experience in going to Tuskegee and me being able to like learn so much about myself and my heritage um, really challenged or cha- channeled my passion for black folks and who we are and what we want to be and how much we hurt and how much we can transition that into beauty and glory and peace. So um, it really was in learning about myself, being able to acknowledge how important that was to show up for my community in ways that I knew how. Yeah, I think that's one of the the biggest misconceptions. We go to schools, especially if you don't go to necessarily if you didn't have the opportunity because you went to HBCU, but if you didn't, many people get lost in the system of not knowing that it's an advocacy. It's something special about advocating within your own community and helping those within your community get to the next step. Because a lot of us do get lost. We don't have the parents that um, necessarily went to college uh, that had the skill set or have built that legacy for us to get to that next level. Sometimes that foundation is not there and we are the stepping stones to build. We start that legacy. We start that change within um, our families and in the community. We do. And, and you know, the the biggest part of that too is like not being afraid to expose yourself to that and your children right. and, and your friends and not a, not being afraid to um, expose yourself and make yourself vulnerable to learning more about you and unfortunately you know sometimes being in a melting pot you get lost in everyone else's experience mm-hmm. versus being able to focus in on your own and like being able to be okay with that versus you know it being seen or viewed or voiced as a problem or a nuisance you really get to be right. in a nurturing space right right and i think that that's just so important and, and just being who we are you there's a lot of labels especially as a black woman a lot of labels that are associated with us being us, yes. who we are inherently and we feel like we have to cover it up even from our hair all the way down to you know just how we talk and communicate with others so i think it's great that you're able to create that space for people to show who they are and not to the same of who they are, who they're meant to be. Yes. 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 And so let's talk about that. You talked about how good, um, you know, you found something she was good at, but you're beyond good. So let's get back to Charday is a licensed professional counselor. She's a licensed family therapist, a licensed substance abuse and treatment provider, and a clinically certified trauma professional. So she's not just good at what she does. She's at what she does. You're so well-rounded, and I think I I love that. um, just personality, you know, personality alone, but just the well-rounded understanding of meeting people exactly, you know, where they are and taking the opportunity because all these credentials, they don't come easy. It takes time, effort, and just to understand to step out of the comfort zone and help this side of the family. So typically it starts with, 
oh, I'm going to do it in this area. I'm going to work with individuals. And now, you know what? I found the individuals. We need to work with families. And then going from family, substance abuse is brought in that. And then from that, there's trauma. Yeah. There's trauma in our legacy, especially black people. There's a lot of trauma in our legacy. So I think that is great. <laughs> so um, second question, what does thriving look like to you? And how is that different from surviving? I love that question um, specifically because I think, or my in my experience, a lot of folks are surviving and they don't even know it. Like they don't realize right. that they are not living at all and are, and mm-hmm. are thriving. So for me, I look at um, one of the concepts that I have really been focusing on, like in bringing into my practice is a cycle of suffering a lot of times right. that cycle um i think that is the difference between thriving and surviving is we in moments of course in so many moments in our lives we've had to show up in ways that are unnatural to us um or, or mm-hmm. that challenge us to push our limits to spaces that either keep us in crisis or in chaos or right. in, you know um uncomfortable scenarios where we we don't ever find a space that fits for us the unfortunate right it's become normalized we've normalized the crisis exactly and so mm. i think at some points we get so comfortable with the chaos that we don't recognize that that for us is unnatural that that is surviving that we had never transitioned into thriving or living because we have mm-hmm. become comfortable surviving. We, we become comfortable in crisis and in chaos. And to some degree, we are participating in creating it just so mm-hmm. we can, you know, maintain the status quo. Um, right. But the difference in that is what feels natural to you. Sometimes, unfortunately, chaos feels natural. And, and I'm not going to say right. unfortunately because I do think that that's just the way that some folks live. However, mm-hmm. um, in order to thrive, you still need a space of peace, um, of organization, of focus, of the ability to explore. And in chaos and crisis, you don't have the opportunity to do that. That is literally the exact opposite of organization right. and peace and calm. And so um, to me, thriving looks like finding or having a space that is just for you where you can be successful in whatever way that looks like for you so if that means Mm -hmm. you know you can go into um your workspace and have a productive day you can get things done without feeling overwhelmed every 10 minutes or having you know a, a, a meltdown every 10 minutes or you're having panic attacks you know, every other day that says to me right. that you are surviving and you're, you're not thriving. Mm-hmm. And for what reason, that's right. the part that we would need to figure out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I definitely agree. And I know, especially since 2020, I mean, we've had more focus because there needs to be, you know, reform and diversity inclusion and, you know, just social reform period always have been there. But I think with the heightened awareness uh, with leadership, 
being in a position that they are not supporting, you know, everyone in um, the United States. And then having COVID-19 on top of that has created a lot of barriers and people have forgotten how to get to that, that space of peace, yeah. that space of um, getting to a point where I just have that moment to to say ah and woo-saw and let some things yeah. go. Um, it over it's happened for so long that it's, it's really normalized and I see it a lot of people trying to um, they if things are going too smooth they get concerned that causes anxiety when things are at peace and it shouldn't be like that when things are at peace you shouldn't have anxiety about not having a story right right yeah, so so definitely that's what makes me, you know, what what I get to with the, the thriving and surviving. I see that exactly what you said, just the not recognizing those spaces of peace and creating those spaces of peace. So go ahead, you were going to well, say Well, no, something? I just, I wanted to also acknowledge in being African-American, we yeah. haven't had very many safe spaces to thrive. Mm-hmm. That, you know, right. we have been historic trans, transgenerationally we have been taught how to survive, but I don't think we have been taught very well how to thrive. Right. I, I definitely agree. There's so many, we were just like, and I think the point that you brought up when you said we create some of that chaos, trying to, you know, maintain a, the status quo. So we, we put ourselves in position sometimes instead of building stuff up to try to jump ahead. Yeah and creates more crisis whereas getting to the the safe space and and I love when I see young um, black entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs just like yourself that support others in your community and understanding that it's not competition we're building each other up we can get there together through building and helping others out it's not all about just trying to get ahead for ourselves it's taking people with you to help them to see that we can get there together Yep. yep And I think that goes a long way. So what drives you to continue to push towards your your goals, even when you have adversity? Um, you, you've you accomplished a whole lot. And I would say that you've been very impactful in your community and you continue to do that. So how do you do that? Because, you know, with everything going on, how do you address all of that, even when things, there are challenges in your way? I I ha- I guess I said I said said to myself I don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, right. It, I like that. You no, know, it is not the alternative <laughs> is not to give up. The alternative is to take a break. Right. You know, the alternative oh. is not to say okay, Charday, the door closed. The alternative is to say, well, find you know, create your own door. And right. and so I guess for me. I have just not made my alternatives to stop. I would just say, okay, mm-hmm. what is the workaround for me? I do believe in, you know, when things happen, they happen for a reason. I need to absorb that and like challenge myself to consider what that means or what that could possibly mean. And, and then make my plan consider with all things considered. But I, I absolutely, mm-hmm. um, you know, do I have moments of like, having a meltdown hell I had a meltdown last night I'm just I'm right you know I, I, I'm exhausted from being right to a four-year-old to running a business where there are ever-changing things all the time and you want to support mm-hmm. your friends and you want to support your family and you have family emergencies right. and, you know on top of being in a marriage and trying to be you know a spouse a wife to someone on top of being a person so 
right. all of that, in my experience, is adversity. Like you, it just mm-hmm. sometimes is, is an uphill battle in so many areas in your life mm-hmm. that for me, I don't, I can't, I can't quit. That's not an option for me. But I do say right. that the biggest thing that I, I have incorporated in my life is saying no and um, stepping away and creating a space for myself to just be. So like um, on Fridays, I stopped working on Fridays. I cut my week short. I only work mm-hmm. Monday through Thursdays and Fridays are my days. That's self-care. So, That's self-care. Because if not, on Saturdays, what happens? We have kids. We have, oh, I mm-hmm. have a husband at home. We got a house. We got to do things that we have stuff to do. And I don't get right. the time that I need for myself um, because that's dedicated to other spaces and other people that I love. So I said on Friday, mm-hmm. that's my day. But that is one of the ways that I take care of myself. Right. That, yeah, I think that's important. Uh, the the self-care piece. I hear, um, you know, a lot of people, especially a lot of stigma in our community when it comes to therapy. Um, and taking that self-care, they look at it as a weakness when it's actually, for me, I see it as a strength. Yes. It's a strength to say, you know what, I need help. It's a strength to say, you know what, I need a yes. break. That is that is really something strong. It's a strength to say no to things. That is a strength. That is something that's empowering and, and giving ourselves back that power to control um, what's going on in our environment instead of letting our environment control us. Mm. Yes, yes. Yeah, and, and you know, so I think like it that is a skill, and I think sometimes we get right. so focused on like it's just gonna happen naturally. No, it doesn't. You have to work at it. You have to be intentional about it, and you really have to be intentional about intentional about your peace and your space. And there is no way. Like I think the best thing one of my professors told me is the best therapist has the therapist. So I have one of those too. Like, I have to be able to mm-hmm. take care of myself. Right, right. Yeah. Look, I I, I saw um, something they were talking about millennials. And they were saying uh, millennials' conversation as compared to the baby boomers. Now we're talking about, girl, what's your therapist saying to you, you know, yesterday? Because my therapist yeah. told me, you know, we, we have that healthy understanding. And I'm here for it because I have a therapist, too, and I love it. You know, I have that space to be in those moments where I can say, you know what, let me talk to my therapist and I can process this with someone that's not my husband, someone that's not my, you know, my mom, my siblings, my best friend. I have another, uh, a party that I could talk to and say, hey, it's a lot going on and see it from my way because I get so busy sometimes that it's just like, oh, just keep going, don't take this break. And my therapist is just like, no, 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 take the break. <laughs> like, need it and I, and I need that. And, and I think that's so healthy to be able to recognize that we all need that break and, and that focus and that self-care. Because self-care is just like, it's everything to get into where you need to be. So last question, how does all of this impact your legacy? How does everything that you do impact your, your lasting legacy that you are creating? So for me, uh, I, the interesting thing about this was I never wanted to own a business. I never wanted to, I mean, and I guess it makes sense in these words now that I'm thinking it, but I never wanted to have anything of my own that I was responsible for. Right. I only wanted to, I said, my goal in undergrad was 
I want to work for the government. I want to make $200,000 a year and I want to call it a day. That was my goal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my husband actually is the one that convinced me, you know, you should start a business. You're, you know, you can do this. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. But I, I was really afraid of being mm-hmm. a failure, of failing. And I didn't right. recognize that. So, so for me, the legacy, one of the legacies I'm creating for not only my, you know, my kids, but just black folks that, you know, need to hear it or need to see mm-hmm. it is the idea that we can do um, or be our own space we can be like our own I don't even like the word boss but we can be right um we can monetize our skills we can monetize our talents and that we don't need someone else to validate that it's good enough in order for us to make us living off of it you know Mm -hmm. part of that being um healing my other legacy that I, I absolutely value is um healing I want you know us black families to be healed i want us to grow and and proceed through the world and future generations um Mm. less brokenness than we are currently um and part of that is creating financial freedom for ourselves absolutely um and yes doing my practice you know but also like my workbook and like my other projects coming out and um, getting into real estate, I, I believe in community being just that. I don't want to just say I'm creating, you know, a community um, or for my community in just one thing. I want to create spaces in other areas where, like I think of like the Black Renaissance where you had, or like in D.C., there was a street in D.C. where you had all Black businesses, you had um, a grocery store, and you had the, store, mm-hmm. you know, the, the pharmacy, and you had all of the things you would ever need you know, and right. owned by black folks. And that to me is where you create experiences where you can look up and go anywhere and get your needs met by somebody that looks like you. You absolutely. And I think that's so empowering to see. So did you did you see a lot of that growing up? People who look like you who did the things that you did are doing now? Yeah. So like interestingly enough, my grandpa and I didn't I get I clearly didn't value this or recognize it enough when I was younger, but um my grandparents owned a restaurant. My grandmother has published like three or four books. My grandparents, oh, wow. when I went to graduate uh, undergrad, they moved to Tuskegee from Los Angeles and opened up a coffee shop. It's still there in Tuskegee today. Oh wow. They have shown me so many it's in my dad my dad owns his own business now like it they show me so many and real estate that and that was the other thing my grandmother owned my grandparents actually owned five six seven homes in los angeles and it's like that went over my head i did i, I didn't know i didn't even understand what that was the magnitude you know? and the yeah of it it was, it was taken for granted kind of like it's there yes and i didn't i didn't recognize that these are black people being moguls they are not just surviving they are and not just thriving financially but they have beautiful families they were able to you know help me understand what it meant to be a little black girl in a space where you are privileged to not be right you know not want for anything that was a privilege and i didn't understand it and so i want to 
move that forward to like my kids, but also, you know, anybody that I can tell, anybody that I can help, anybody that I can support, that's what I want to do. It's sharing that and and being a catalyst for change and catapulting that next generation of of change and opportunity. And I think that that is important just as much as as seeing it is those people getting to the point where they're giving it back. Yes. And that's what that's what's big on me. When I see people that are that are giving it back and helping to educate the next generation or those around you to help them to get them on that's big. That's legacy right there. Because yeah. it's not just your legacy. Because it's great. Because there's many people out here who are entrepreneurs who are who are doing it and they're doing it for themselves. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I see, yeah, that it should be for to help others too. That's a that's a legacy. Yes, ma'am, it is. Yes. Yeah, so I I appreciate you. Any last words that you would like to share with everyone? No, I, I, I well briefly. I I just I love the name of your podcast, and I love just the direction that you're going in with this because I, I even as I was listening to you like share what you were you know about how we share with each other and we you know give people opportunity. I think of like the legacy of love. Like we right we need to li- leave a legacy of not only like showing us loving ourselves but loving each other in a different way and I think that that's really equally as important yes yes thank you um and I just wanted to bring up Sade she she briefly she breathed over but you know that comes with the humility in her but she talked about her workbook um it's called finding me uh, it's a fresh approach to personal growth, self-discovery, and the creation of a new narrative. Get into you. So, like I said, it's all about the catapult, and she's speaking life into people. And I just wanted to highlight that. Um, today, where can you find this book? Um, it is on uh, Book Baby, my um, bookshop, but on Amazon or my website, the Mahogany Project, com. Okay, and I will have those links um, on the uh, social media post so you all can look at it. And it'll be also on my website, com, for you to look. You can find um, this journal and work workbook with Sharday because I think that's just, that's it. That comes back to, for me, what defines her is building up of others and creating that lasting legacy through pouring out and helping catapult other to see what what they're capable of accomplishing so it's not that you don't have it it's there yeah. you just need to find it yeah and that's finding me so that, that that's what it's all about i appreciate you so much charde thank you for being here and just i hope everybody have a great week and this gets you over your with additional motivation to finish off your week until next week thank you thank you Thank you for joining me and my special guest, Shardae O'Rourke, for the first episode of Season 3, Surviving versus Thriving of the Legacy Atlas podcast. I have some great gems and great guests um, going to be gracing us 
this season as we talk about breaking that legacy of fear, getting over the things that are really holding us back that has been created for us, but we're going to break these barriers one Wednesday at a time with a little bit of motivation to get us over the week and have us thinking about how we can continue to conquer and build that lasting legacy. Join me next week for episode two when we talk about finding your voice. Have a great week.